grab your Bibles, remain standing, turn with me to 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 3, we're, we're still there in chapter 3, I think this is our third or fourth message out of chapter 3, uh, we're, we're going to get all the goody out of it, amen, a amen, all right, all right, I forgot to tell you a while ago, I forgot to tell you what to do, uh, these, these uh, cards are perforated, and am, am I right about that, because this one's not, I don't know what you gave me a afflicted one or what I bet this one's not but anyway the ones that in your chairs are perforated and what we want you to do is fill out the fill out the card and take it and, and and separate it separate it put the one card that you filled out put that in the offering plate or you can at, at one of the exits as you go out you can leave it on the table there the sign up table uh, you can do that and then we want you to put uh, the black part and put that on your refrigerator put it on your refrigerator or in your bathroom. Because <clears throat> we know you're going to them two places in the day. Say amen. <laughs> and every time you see that, we want you to pray for Temple Fairview. Every single time. Every single time. Pray for Temple Fairview. Uh, we want to do everything we can to reach this city, to reach the cities around us, and reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? amen. All right. First Peter. First Peter chapter number 3, we're going to start in verse number 12. Verse number 12, now if you're here for the very first time, uh, what we are studying in this letter is uh, a letter from Peter uh, to, to the church who is fixing to be persecuted. Now I'm not talking about just having a bad time or can't pay the power bill or, or that. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about they are going through fiery trials. He says it in chapter number 1 that the trying of your faith, though it be tried with fire. Then in chapter number 4 he says, I think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. These people are going to be persecuted. These people are going to lose their jobs because of their faith. Not because of poor work or, or uh, not, not a work ethic because they will not renounce the name of Christ. So they're losing everything. Are y'all with me? And so Peter is writing this letter to encourage them to help them, to help them make it through the trials that they're going through. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, triumphing in troublesome times, going through difficult times. Now, all you got to do, all you got to do is turn on the news, and you'll, you can tell that Christians in America, you're fixing to go through some troubled times. Because if you believe the Bible, and if you live the Bible, and you want other people to live the Bible, then you're a bigot. Yeah, I, I said it. Listen, you're, you're a hater. This is, what, this is what our country's come to. And this is, but but hey, hey, have no fear. God said it's going to be that way. He said, you're not of the world, just like I wasn't of the world. They hated me, and they're going to hate you. He said, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen? So, so let's, let's just jump right on in this thing right here. All right, verse number 12. Verse number 12, 1 Peter 3, 12. Are you there? It says, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. Now that's encouraging. I'm glad to know I have a God who watches me. I have a God who hears me when I call. I have a God who's aware of my situation. He's aware of my needs. He's aware of the issues I face in life. Amen? It says, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? 
But in if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. And be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. Watch what it says in verse 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience, that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. For it is better if the will of God be so. Say that with me. If the will of God be so. Say it again. If the will of God be so, that ye suffer from well-doing than for evil-doing. What does that mean? That means sometimes it is the will of God that we go through tough times. You know, you have a lot of preachers on TV that, that says if you're going through a bad time or a difficult time, then you're not right with God. Or you don't have enough faith. Because if you had enough faith, you'd be prospered and you'd be, uh, you'd be well. You wouldn't be sick. You wouldn't have all these issues. Well, I have a problem with that. Because Paul had to help Timothy, who was going through a difficult time, and he, he told him what to do about his sickness. He didn't say get more faith. Y'all with me? Anyway, I don't want to run that rabbit right there. I want to, but I'm not going to. Amen. Let's pray, and we're going to, we're going to preach. Lord, thank you so much for your blessings today. Thank you for the privilege and the honor it is to serve you. Thank you for the, 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 just, just the wonderful hope that I have that one day, Lord, we're going to leave all this behind. We're going to leave the disease behind. We're going to leave death behind. We're going to leave sickness behind. Lord, we're going to leave all the trouble behind, all the frustration and the drama that's taking place in this world. We're going to go to a better place. And God, I thank you that I have that hope because your son died on the cross that I could be forgiven and I could be redeemed. And I thank you for that. I pray that you'll help us now. Give us what we stand in need of. And God, will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Now, I want, to, I want to clarify something. As we go into this, I want to give you like one, two, three, four, uh, three, three or four different points here. Uh, but these are really not the, the message points. So if you want to just listen to these and then write down when I tell you to start writing down the practical things that we can do. Uh, in other words, the steps that we can take going through troublesome times. But the first thing is I, I want to kind of get your understanding of what I'm, what I'm referring to and what Peter's referring to. Because sometimes when we're saying we're going through troublesome times, uh, uh, we have a wrong perception about what he's talking about. And, and this is my point. Uh, like, for instance, uh, sometimes, sometimes we, we, we get into trouble or we experience trouble because of sin. Because of sin. Because we, we act foolishly. Sometimes we have a problem. In other words, in other words, uh, uh, you know, you, you're going down the road and, and, and the speed limit says 55. Uh-huh, I'm preaching now, ain't I? And you happen to be going 75. And the blue light comes on and pulls you over. And you get real spiritual all of a sudden. Oh, God in heaven. Have mercy on me in my troublesome time. No, wait a minute. Are y'all with me? We, listen, if, we, if we're in trouble because of sin, that's not what he's referring to here. The steps that I'm giving you now, that's not for that. There's only one step for that. That's repent. 
Now, here's the point. Here's the point. Don't ask God. Don't ask God to condone your sin by asking him to do something for you while you're staying in it. Let me give you an illustration. If, if you're shacking up with somebody, don't ask God to help y'all get along better. Don't do that. No, no. What you do is get it right. Separate. Get in two different houses. Y'all need to be shacking up. And if you're going to keep doing it, go to the judge and say, fix this now. And then ask God to help you. Are y'all with me? That's like saying, that's like sitting in the lake and saying, somebody throw me a towel. No, get out the lake. And then we can dry you off, amen? This is, this is not the trouble he's talking about. They wasn't, they, wasn't, they wasn't in trouble because they were acting foolishly. The cure for, acting, uh, for sin is repentance. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad that we can repent. And when we do repent, he does forgive. Thank God, or we'd all be in a mess. Now, now listen, don't be upset. If, if, if you're in that situation, you're living together, that's just, a, that's just the one illustration of a thousand I could use. It's amazing how we can, we can justify things in our life, right? But, but sometimes we're in trouble because of, because of sin. So if that's the case, let's just repent. Let's get right with God. But then the, the second thing I wrote down is sometimes we're troubled because of ignorance. We're troubled because of ignorance. In other words, we're ignorant of biblical principles. We're ignorant of things in life that, 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 that you know, we could can, we can get along a whole lot better. There, there's a, there's a, a lot of people will tell you, you need to take, every, every Christian should take the book of Proverbs. And it's, you know, it's got a, 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 cha- or a, a chapter for each day of the month. And each day of the month, whatever corresponds with that chapter, uh, th- then like the first day, you read the first chapter. The second day, you read the second chapter. The third day of the month, you read. And, and, and if you do that, you're going to gain a ton of wisdom. You know, there's a ton of stuff in there that deals with relationships. There's a ton of stuff that deals with partnerships. There's a ton of stuff that deals with finances. Does that make sense? There are some people that's in trouble because of ignorance. You cannot, you cannot, you, you cannot make $100 a week and spend 150 And then ask God to bless your finances. Y'all with me? No, sometimes we make mistakes because we're ignorant of principles in God's Word. Well, guess what? How do we fix that? We just learn. We just learn. We grow. We learn. We develop. You know, one of the great things about making mistakes, you can learn from it. Or failure. You know what? Henry Ford said this, failure is just an opportunity to get better. But here's the thing. One mistake is a mistake. Two mistakes is a choice. If you make the same mistake, let's don't do that. Let's learn. And by the way, you know what a great thing, young people? I didn't get this till I was older, and I wish I got it when I was younger. But if you're a younger person, the best thing you can do is learn from the mistakes of others. Let them pay the tuition, and you get the diploma. Amen? That is a great idea. But learn. Learn. We get in trouble because of sin. We get in trouble sometimes because of ignorance. Just, just not knowing things we need to know. We can learn. We, with sin, we can repent. With ignorance, we can learn. But then sometimes we're in trouble just because of life. Just because of life. What do I mean by that? Uh, you, you don't have to, 
you don't have to be a sinner to get cancer. Some of the greatest Christians I know have, have a disease that's killing them. And you know what? That's not because they're a sinner. It's just because of life. How many of y'all know bad stuff happens to, to good people? Bad stuff. It, listen, it rains on the just as well as the unjust. It, it's just a part of life. Sometimes we go through things like accidents, car accidents, or, or maybe an industrial accident, and we've been, we've been marred or we've been burned or, 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 or something of that takes place. And you know what? It's just a part of life. It's just stuff that we go through. Say, so, preacher, how do I deal with that kind of trouble? In those type things, we have to trust. Amen. Say that with me. We have to trust. We have to trust that God has got a plan and that God can use anything. God can use anything. So in those situations, we've got to trust. Now, here's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the kind of trouble that we will face. And I, I, I would dare say this. I would dare say this. I wish... I, I wish we, when I say we, I'm including me in this. I, I wish that we were all the type of Christians that this is the only trouble we face. But I'm afraid most of us are in the other categories. And very, very few, especially here in the United States, are in the kind of trouble that I'm talking about. And that's trouble because of your faith. There's probably very few people in here that's ever lost their job because you were a Christian. There's probably very few people that's ever been tortured or persecuted simply because you are a Christian. We are in the Bible Belt. You know, everybody claims to be a Christian, even the hoodlums. Right? You just asked them. I, 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 I've, I've tried to make it a habit, no matter where I go, to ask them and invite them to come to church. And it's funny, it's funny, uh, and I shouldn't do this, but it, it anyway, uh, I'll ask him, I said, man, I'd love to have you at Temple. I stopped at the gas station yesterday. I said, I'd love to have you at Temple. And, and, and usually they'll, they'll say, well, I go to, with so-and-so. I said, well, what, what's, the name, what's the preacher's name or, or where is that at? Uh. <laughs> and, and, and so you never, you never know. And, and trust me, that, that, that really don't mean nothing because you can ask me where Temple's at with me in three days. I may not know, amen. I, Memories are bad, but everybody, everybody says that they're a Christian. Everybody says that, that they, they, you know, they love God and all that. We know that's not the case, but here, it's, it's, my point being, it's a whole lot easier to be a Christian here than it is Syria. Are y'all with me? But let me tell y'all something, and I hope you're all listening, everybody real, real good. If you live long enough, and I hope you do, if you live long enough, It's coming. I mean, you, you can't help but turn on the TV and see the animosity and the hatred and the viral, just the, the mentality and the attitude when it comes against Christian principles and Christian truth. So this is coming. There's coming a day, guys, we're going we're gonna to face trouble because of our faith. Not because of sin, not because of ignorance, not even because of life itself, just being life, but because you name the name of Christ, because you believe in biblical principles, because you believe that Jesus is the only way and that there is only one God and there is only one way to heaven. 
There are not multitudes of ways. And you don't pick your own or make your own. We believe that He is Christ. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you believe that, you're going to be called a narrow-minded bigot. But here's the deal. It's coming. But Peter says, have no fear. Have no fear. What do we do? What do we do? What are, what are some practical things? We, and, and that's what Peter's doing. That's what he's giving in this letter. He's giving them practical things that they can do every single day so they can stay where they need to be. They don't have to live in fear. I don't want you leaving here living. Oh, my goodness. Preachers just laid it out how it's going to be. And that's, No, man. I want you to enjoy life. But what if they come against us? What if they do? I'm going to read a verse here in a minute where the disciples were beat. They were taken in with rods and they beat them. And you know what they did when they left? They rejoiced. They said, Woohoo! Woohoo! Y'all are like, They rejoiced that they could be counted worthy to suffer for Jesus' name. <laughs> yeah, y'all are really getting this one today. Amen. All right. What do we do? What do we do? Look at what it says in verse 13. What do we do? I, let me say this. I'm going to add one. I just throw this in here. All right? I didn't put verse 12 in, in this particular outline, but, but verse 12 just keep in mind, just keep in mind, no matter what you're going through, no matter what trial you're in, no matter what valley you're in, no matter how deep it is, just remember, Jesus' eyes are on you. Amen? Isn't that what he says? Look what it says. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. So, no matter what, just remember, he knows. If you're hurting, he knows. If you're weak, he knows. If you're needy, he knows. Amen? Now look, here's, here's point one. Number one, <clears throat> what do we do when trouble arises? What do we do when trouble comes? Because of our faith. Now keep that in mind, because of our faith. I pray that we'll all get to the place that we're the type of Christians that the devil will persecute us so bad simply because of what we believe in our stand. Are y'all with me? Look at verse 13. And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good. I looked up the word followers there, and it literally means zealous. It means, it means fervent. In other words, you're real excited about it. It's not something that you'll do good if you, if you find time to do it. or You just have a desire. You have a, a zealousness. I, I mean, you just have something inside of you that makes you just want to do good for somebody. Do you know what he says? Peter is, now, now remember, this is real practical. There's, there's nothing super spiritual about this at all. This is just plain Jane. He says, look, if, if you're going through trouble sometimes, just do good. Just spend your life being zealous of good. Because he says, look, I, I, I mean, here's the thing. Who's going to hurt somebody that's just going around doing good? Even heathen people appreciate people that do good. Do you, know, do you know even atheists, Satan worshipers? I'm talking about, about God-haters 
appreciated Mother Teresa. Whether they believed in her religion or not, whether they believed in her faith or not, they could see her care. They could see she, she ministered to broken people and that she cared about people that didn't have what she had. And she cared. She did good. Now, my faith and her faith is two different things. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying her faith. I'm just talking about the principle of doing good. Because if we, will, if we will do everything we can every single day to do good to whoever we come across. Let me, let me give you a verse. Let me give you a verse. I've got a verse right here. The Bible says in Galatians 6, 9 and 10, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto... Let us do good unto especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Are y'all with me? Why? Because people will see that. People will see that. If you make a conscious... Here's a perfect example. I don't know how. I don't know how. I, I, I don't think I've ever met Cowboy, the, the gentleman that just passed away. I talked to Brother Sam this weekend, and, and, and I, I went down Facebook, and everybody in the world was posting about what he meant to them. I don't know how in the world I didn't meet this guy, but, but it's unbelievable. And you know what? You know what everybody posted about? His kind heart and him doing good. Now, here's the point. If you want to keep people, if you want to keep people from, from, from attacking you, persecuting you, he says, just do good. Just do good. Isn't that simple? said, who in the world is going to come against you if you are a follower, if you are zealous of doing good works? Does that make sense? So we got to be passionate. we got to be passionate for goodness. Have a passion. And, and here's, here's the thing. Preacher, you don't know what I'm going through. I, I want to be good, but I... No, everybody remember this. Everybody remember this. Don't forget this. Everybody look at me because this is important. You can't control your surroundings. And you can't, you can't even control the people that you're surrounded by. Now, there may be a time that you can control the people you're around. In other words, you can, you can decide who you're going to hang with. But you can't do that all the time. Because sometimes you've got to hang with people at work that, that they make you work with, even, even if you don't want to, Right? So there's so, many, there's so many variables in life that you can't control, but there's one that you can, and that's your attitude. Say this with me. My attitude is my choice. My attitude is my choice. Period. You determine your attitude. It don't matter what nobody does. It don't matter what nobody says. And let me prove it. There are days... I, I get up, and I go, and I don't care what nobody does. I'm, I'm in a good way. It would be really hard for you to mess with me today. Because I'm, I'm tickled to death. Y'all with me? I mean, it, I mean you, you might can. You might can. You start talking about my hound dogs. You, you might can get on my bad side. But right at this moment, I'm a happy cat. You with me? It's a choice. It's a choice. So... Regardless, choose every morning, I'm going to do good. I'm going to do good. I'm going to say thank you. 
I'm going to say good morning. I'm going to say, how are you doing? I'm going to say, have a great day. And you know what? It will blow your mind what that will do to your enemies. Just do good. And all God's people say it. So number one, verse 13, when we're going through trouble sometimes, Peter says, have a passion for goodness. Have a passion for goodness. Number two. Now, this, we're going to have to buckle our seatbelts on this one. <clears throat> verse 14. Now, in verse 13, he says, nobody's going to mess with you if you do good. I mean, people have a hard time, hard time messing with somebody that just goes around doing good. Okay? But, he says in verse 14, but, and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake. He's saying sometimes, even when you do good, you're going to suffer. Even when you do good, people are going to attack you. Watch what he says. But and if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. And be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. So number one, have a passion for goodness. Number two, be willing to suffer. Well, you don't hear that preach much, do you? Be willing to suffer. Watch what it says. Watch what it says. Look what it says. It says in 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 uh, First Peter, <clears throat> First Peter chapter two verse nineteen. It's, <coughs> excuse me. If this is thankworthy, if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully, it says, for what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults? In other words, you're going through trouble because you're acting ignorant. That ye take it patiently. There's no glory in that. But if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. Watch verse 21. Here it is. For even hereunto were ye... Oh, boy. Even hereunto were ye... Called. Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. He gives it in chapter 3, verse 9. He says, not rendering evil for evil, or railing for railing, but contrariwise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called. Isn't it amazing? We hear a lot of preaching saying that we are called to walk in faith. Right? We are. The just shall live by faith. We are called to walk in faith. We're also called to stand in victory. Right? Having done all to stand, stand, right? You know, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I love that kind of preaching. I love preaching about faith, and I love preaching about victory. I love singing about being on the winning side. Well, I'm on the winning side. Yes, I'm on the winning side. If you can't appreciate that, you're a loser. Say Amen. <laughs> How many of y'all like winning? But you know what? I got an amen. That's right. There you go. Look, we're called to walk in faith. We're called to stand in victory. But watch this. According to those two verses, we're also called to endure suffering. Now, see, we don't like to talk about that. And I'm with you. I'm with you. I appreciate it. Because I'm with you. I don't like suffering. 
No matter what happens to me, I need a pill for something. Say amen. I don't know. I, I saw, I, I, I don't think the Griggs are here. Uh, uh, Griggs, he, he, he twisted his knee and, you know, got swole up and everything. And, and, and Deanna was picking on him. <clears throat> Put it on Facebook, the men are sissies. <clears throat> Let me tell y'all something, ladies. If men had to have babies, this world would be non-populated. Say amen. (laughs) 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 There'd be a lot of families with only one child. Say amen. I'm, 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 I'm of that persuasion. I don't like to suffer. I don't like to hurt. I don't like pain. I don't like nothing about it. I don't like me to feel pain. I don't like getting around people that are in pain. I, it, it, it just, it, it's all I can do just to go to the hospital, especially children's hospitals. And I don't like none of that stuff. And I'm not, I'm not trying to preach something to you and try to be high and mighty and super spiritual. I don't like this. I don't like that point. I didn't even want to preach that point. But you know what? It's part of the deal. We're going, to, we're going to earn a crown one day. And we're going to receive a crown. But watch this. Jesus didn't wear the crown till he carried the cross. And guys, there's going to be some days we're going to have to just endure. We can't whine about it, can't complain about it, can't blame God for it. You know, it's, it's amazing. Any, any little, little thing happens in life, we get an attitude. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't, it, isn't it crazy how we revert to our teenage years? When we get that... <laughs> And, and, and here we have an example in front of us. Now, here's what's going to happen. When our mentality changes, when we have a zealousness for goodness and, and, and pleasing Christ, we're going to be able to be like those disciples. In the book of Acts, they beat on them and said, don't go preach no more in that name. And you know what they did when they walked out? They said, "Woohoo!" Y'all act like y'all don't believe me. Let's go to Acts. Come on. Come on, get your Bible. Go to Acts. Go to the book of Acts. Let me find it. Put my eyes on here. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5, verse 40. Come on, get there. Don't act slow. Come on. I don't want to read this one, preacher. Watch this. Are you there? Acts 5, verse 40. Acts 5, verse 40. It says, And to him they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and... And when they called the apostles and... They commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council. What were they doing? Hey, do this with me. Woo! That's what they did. 
Now watch, watch what they said, watch what they said. They were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for His name. And then, you remember what they said? Don't preach no more. Watch what it says. And daily, in the temple and in every house, they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. You know what will keep modern day Christians from church? Three sprinkles. Say, what's a Baptist blizzard? Four flakes. Shut down the highway. We're not going today. It's too dangerous. Amen. These guys were beaten. I'm not about beaten. And you got to understand, they knew how to do it in that day. And when they got out, when they got out, they said, man, isn't this great? This is great. The Lord counted us worthy. We got to suffer for him. For everything that he did for us, man, we got to do just a little bit back for him. Let me, let me make it easier to understand. How do you feel? How do you feel when somebody you really appreciate, maybe somebody you really hold in honor, maybe somebody that's done a lot for you, somewhere in your life, maybe it was a mentor, maybe it was a coach, maybe it was, maybe it was I don't know, just somebody that means a lot to you that you feel like has done a lot for you, how does, it, how does it make you feel when you're able to do just something for them? I've had coaches before that, man, I just, we'd run through a brick wall. Play hurt for, just because they were so awesome and they meant so much to us, and we felt like they did so much for us, we'd do anything. That's the principle. Jesus hung on a cross for six hours. So brutalized and, and so beaten and, and, and just basically slaughtered. He was beat to the point you couldn't even tell he was a man. Had spit dripping off his face. He was, he was humiliated in front of the whole world. They pulled his, his clothes off and, and hung him before the whole world naked. Not for any, anything. He, not for anything he needed. He didn't need anything. He did it so we could go to heaven. How could we not put up with a little something? Let me, let me, let me make it even closer. Let me make it even closer. Y'all ready to get a little personal? This means, yeah. This means, well, I'm going to do it anyway. All right. How about the little things that aggravate us at church? The little hoodlum kid that won't sit still. The baby that's crying in our ear that aggravates us. I don't know why that mother won't take it to the nursery. <laughs> Maybe the choir hadn't sung your song in a while. Maybe the coffee wasn't hot. Y'all think I'm being facetious. You'd be amazed at the complaints we get every week. You'd think we was running a Holiday Inn Express here. (laughs) 
And you know what? We think we're suffering. So what? You know what's a, a cool thing? And I hope it's maturity. I hope it's not a... I just don't want to fool with it no more. But I hope it's maturity. By the time the last kid gets there and gets up in age a little bit, you figure out there's a lot of things that's not worth fighting about. And then it makes the older kid mad because they, you never let me get away with that. <laughs> you know what I've learned? There's some things that... There used to be a lot of stuff that would get under my skin about stuff and it... These guys are getting beat simply because they preached Christ. What's my point? Guys, if we're ever going to make it, we're going to have to toughen up a little bit. Because a little monkey running around the building is nothing compared to what the devil's going to do out there. So we need to quit having our feelings on our shoulders and quit being so sensitive. And basically, it's just let's quit being a bunch of babies. We need to be willing to suffer. I'll be honest with you guys, and I'm telling you this. Everybody on this side sees all the excitement about the Temple Fairview and all that. And it is exciting. It's great. But you have no idea the hell that has been unleashed on your staff. I'm telling you, it has been unbelievable. The devil's attacking all over the place. And I'm like, I, I, I was like, well, what? 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 What's going on? Why, what, why, why is all of a sudden this and that? And then it dawned on me. What are we doing? We're going into a stronghold of Satan. And you know what? We're going to have to have this little speech with the staff, too. We're going to have to toughen up. Because it ain't going to get no easier. Not if we keep pursuing it. Because the deeper into the enemy territory we go, the more enemy we're going to face. Amen? So if we're going to make it in trouble sometimes, we just got to toughen up. We got to be willing to suffer. Say it with me. Have a willingness to suffer. All right, number four, or three. This is a good one. Look at what it says in verse 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. The word sanctify there means to set apart, to put, put basically on a pedestal, to keep it. What, what he's saying there is you got to keep your focus on Christ. You got to keep your focus on Christ. When all hell's breaking loose in your life, you got to keep your focus on Christ. When the storm is raging, you got to keep your focus on Christ. When Peter was focused on the Lord Jesus Christ, he was walking on water. But as soon as he lost focus, he began to sink. Now, guys, that'll happen to you in your everyday life. The moment that you lose focus, the moment that you get your eyes off of Jesus and on your circumstances, your circumstances become bigger than Jesus, even though we know that's not reality. I, I love, I, I love the, 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 the saying and the song, don't, don't, you know, don't, don't tell God how big your problem is. Tell your problem how big your God is. But you've got to stay focused. How many of y'all know that the devil is going to put everything in the world in your peripheral vision? He's going to put your issues. He's going to put your problems. He's going to put the people that are standing against you. He's going to put everything that you're facing, every problem that you have, every disease that could be out there. And, and, you, and, and it's going to be very tempting to get your eyes out of focus and start looking around. But I'm telling you, the moment you lose focus, you begin to sink. The moment you lose focus, you begin to worry. 
The moment you lose focus, you begin to have anxious thoughts and anxiety. And guess what? When you begin to worry is when you begin to doubt. And when you begin to doubt is when you begin to lose faith. And faith is the most important thing. Because God wants you to believe Him. High or low, God wants you to believe Him. Good or bad, God wants you to trust Him. Whether it's sun shining outside, or whether the wind's blowing, or whether the storm is raging, He wants you to trust Him. The only way to do that is you've got you to stay focused. You've got to stay focused. You'll never walk in a straight line if you don't stay focused. I learned something, and I've got to hurry. I, I, I learned something when I was working at a golf course. It's really helped me. We, we, would, we would walk mow the greens. <clears throat> I worked on a really, really fancy golf course, and, they, man, they had, they had some nice mowers. And when they was teaching me how to do that, how I many of y'all seen in golf courses with them greens, they're like checkerboarded and all that? Oh, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's great. And, and, and this is what he said. He said, now, now, here's what you do. When you start your first line, he said, when you start your first line, he said, you pick out a target on the other side of the green, like it could be a pine tree or a big rock out there. He said, when you start your first line, don't ever take your eye off of that target. Whatever that target may be, you keep your eye. Don't look at your line. If you look at your line, when, when you get on the other side and turn around, you're going to have a C. It's going to look like Ray Charles cut it. Say amen. He said, you can't look at where you're going. You've got to keep your eye on the target. Here's the point. You can't look at what you're trying to accomplish. You can't look at Temple Fairview. You can't look at the, the, the people that we got to get, the volunteers we got to get, the teams we got to put together, all the ministries we got to make happen. You can't look at all that. Because if you keep your eyes on that, you, you're going you're gonna to lose your way. And you're going to get nervous, and you're going to get anxious, and you're going to have issues. But if you'll focus on Jesus and say, Lord, I'm going to try, I'm going to cut my line straight, I'm going to keep my eyes on you. If you provide it, we're going to have it. If you don't, we ain't, and we'll, we'll, we'll improvise. But in your life, keep your focus on Jesus. What did he say in Hebrews chapter 12? i got to hurry, got to hurry, got to hurry. Hebrews chapter 12. Wherefore, seeing we also are confessed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before him. Watch this, watch this. Verse 2. Looking. Say it with me. Looking. That means focus. Keep your eye on Jesus. Why? He started it. And he's going to finish it. He's the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Watch this. It says, consider. That means look again. It means to focus. Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be and in your... Woo! Y'all with me? How many of y'all have ever heard this? I'm just wore out. You know what he's saying? Keep your eyes on Jesus. Or you're going to be wore out. Amen? Amen. Lastly, lastly, I done went overtime. And overtime, we're going to charge more. <clears throat> Verse 16, quickly, quickly, quickly. This is the last one. First one, we've got to have a passion for goodness. We've got to be willing to suffer. Verse 14. Verse 15, we have to stay focused on Christ. And then verse 16, it says, 
having a good man that is so important having a good conscience number four we got to keep a clear conscience watch what it says in psalm 32 this is david after he sinned with bathsheba that year that went by he hid it thought it was hid Look, look what he says. Psalms 32, 3. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into drought of summer. You know what he's saying? When I was living with a guilty conscience, it was killing me. It was killing me. Let me tell you one of, the, one of the most important things we can do through trouble sometimes, keep a clear conscience. Because I'm telling you, there is nothing that will torture you more than having a guilty conscience. There is nothing in this world that will torture you more than having a guilty conscience. Listen, if we're, if we're going to make it, we got to come to God and, 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 and clear the air and clean the slate. You've got to have a clear conscience. The, right, the Bible says, the righteous are bold as a lion. The wicked flee when no man pursueth. In other words, that person with that guilty conscience, he's all... Watch this. Let me prove it. How many of y'all, let's be honest. Come on now. It's Sunday and we're supposed to have a clear conscience and guilty conscience. Don't lie in church. <laughs> How many of y'all have a tendency to speed? Raise your hand. A tendency? I said tendency. Come on, raise your hand. Have a tendency to speed. How many of you have done this? How many of you have done this? You're going to speed limit. You come around the corner and there he is. What you do? You could be going under the speed limit. You know why? The wicked flee with no man pursuing. He's asleep in the car. And you've left tread marks from here all the way. <laughs> I love going to church here, don't y'all? Let's keep a clear conscience. Let's focus on Jesus. Let's be willing to put up with a little junk. Listen, it's not going to be easy. Nothing's easy. But I tell you what, it's worth it. And all God's people say it. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll help us practice all this stuff. None of it comes easy. Lord, none of it does. None of it. But, Lord, it's all worth it. I pray that you'll help us apply it and practice it. This don't do no good for us to just come and sit and hear it. We've got to do it. We've got to live it. We've got to practice what we hear preached. God, I pray your perfect will be done. Move in this congregation. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand to our feet.
We're going to sing a verse of invitation. We're going to sing a verse of invitation. If you need to come, we have folks at this altar. Be glad, glad to take their Bible and show you how to be saved. Listen, salvation is the greatest thing that's ever